0: You talking to me? Back in the screening room, and this week, what do we find? We find killer videos and dirty jokes and teenagers in love and all sorts of things. (laughs) Welcome. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And this is the Screening Room Podcast. And, uh, yeah, we've got two or three major studio releases and a few limited releases. Uh, Films that we got to see this week that we want to pass on. And, of course, we'll check out the latest on video and streaming as well. But let's get right to it. And the first film is the latest in the sequels from The Ring. And this one's called Rings.
1: There once was a girl. No one dare speak her name. Once you see her story, you have seven days to live. Because she does not forget.
0: And she does not forgive. What do you
1: offer? Films that don't pre screen for critics, that's not, it's never a good thing. And uh, rarely is it a good thing. Rarely. And mid February studio releases, generally also bad. You know what else is bad, George? This movie. This movie.
0: Let's just say, first of all, we are both big fans of the original The Ring. In fact, I think we both like it better than Ringu. Which
1: is very uncommon, The but film I mean, that that it came for from for us, to prefer the um, English-language remake of a foreign-language film. Uh, and while Ringu is good, we both think The Ring is better.
0: Yeah, and it's one of the best examples of PG-13 horror. Yes, How it can be really scary mm-hmm. and really creepy, mm-hmm. but still be PG-13. Still like it, still like it very much uh the sequel was not very good. No. Nope. And then this one, oh boy, uh starts digging in the depths and it it picks up it 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 wants to do a lot of the things the original rings did. There's a mystery you got to find out, yeah. you know, what's going on, but it uses college students basically and it gets into a, the the video is is seen by college students and then gets shared and it becomes part of a strange project by a college professor played by johnny galecki and but the main focus is this one uh college student and then his girlfriend who is not in college but comes up to uh to visit him because he goes kind of goes missing Mm -hmm. you know doesn't get in touch with her and let's just say right off the top the the actor and actress that they get to play this couple are they're so bad
1: It's Matilda Lutz and Alex Rowe are their names, but they may as well just be two pieces of toast.
0: Oh, they're just so bad. Uh, Alex Rowe I saw in The Fifth Wave, which was very bad, and he was bad in that. Mm -hmm. Uh, He got another movie. And then I guess we're not familiar with this girl, but she's from Italy and has done a lot of Italian cinema. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Maybe she's good in Italian cinema. She's not good here. (laughs) They're not good. Nothing much is good. No, uh, the only thing good is they use the original ring video. Of course, you you pretty much have to. You're right, but then they go one better and discover
1: oh another
0: video. There's like a video an, uh, inside
1: the video. Well, here's the thing.
0: Video. And here's
1: if you're asking yourself, it is 2017. How many VHS tapes are still out on the market? Well, not not surprising. You know, Samara goes viral. That's really the point of the film. But you know, it's interesting that. They do so little with that. I mean, it's with that concept. I mean, it it, it really just goes back to the same old Scooby-Doo. What's happening with Samara? But kind not of nearly mystery. as oh God, well no. as the first one. No, did. not at all.
0: It's it it's so obvious. Everything just moves along so quickly. Oh, how convenient was that? Oh, look, she found the answer to that question. Oh, look here, and she has visions. How how convenient that she has visions. Yeah. Uh, when nobody else did. Uh, so it, there's a lot to dislike here. It's one of those where not too long into the movie my head is in my hands. And yeah. when my head is in my hands, <laughs> yeah. I should judge films not on a star scale, on a head in hands scale.
1: <laughs> this one gets
0: gets a lot of head in hands where you're looking around and just shaking your head like wow. You know, and then along the line Vincent D'Onofrio shows up to to actually act sh- show you that there's an actor here. <laughs> I know. And it's it sh- almost
1: makes it worse. <laughs> because if you weren't positive that your leads had no talent, oh look, this is what talent looks like. Yeah,
0: they were they were bad. And it just yeah, it gets rushed along with this like you said the Scooby-Doo mystery. It wants like I said, it wants to do the same thing the first one did was set you up with this. We got to get to the bottom of this mm-hmm. this video. This mm-hmm. new video convenient. And so but it just moves along so badly and you got the, the jump scares with the burst of music yeah. cheap it's, it's, it's not well, good. as no, uh,
1: You know, you have figured out what she's about to say in explanation yes. about three scenes before she says it. I just kept thinking, we, why are you just narrating what we just watched happen?
0: Well, you know, it reminded me of what we <laughs> talked about last week, a dog's purpose. <laughs> they they should have had the dog <laughs> to just come along and say what you've just seen. Thank you. <laughs> exactly the same way. Yeah, we, we get it. Thanks. Um, it's it's not good, I, you know. I guess they're gonna try to get some, you know, just something for. I, I'm really not surprised. This this would be a movie that I would say, why didn't that go straight to video, really? Yeah. But they're just probably trying to get some some curiosity uh, in the first week out because mm-hmm. it's. I'm sure it's going to get. I haven't I haven't seen any other reviews of it at all because, no. as you said, it didn't screen it didn't for screen. anybody. <laughs> I would be shocked if they're not really, really bad. Oh, they will be. Uh, and so it's just going to try to get some quick, some quick weekend, and then it's going to, it's going to sink into obscurity. And again, it's too bad because we love the first one, as we said. And then th- this, this third
1: one, does it totally ignore the second one? Yeah, it does. The only thing it has in common with the second one is that Samara's birth mother's name is still Evelyn. That's it. That's the only thing that it. That's but they the only changed thing. the backstory completely. yes. Wow. That's, yeah.
0: And then it has a little bit of a the the twist, a little bit of a twist ending is kind of interesting. I'm like, okay, maybe. But, but even
1: that, this it, it, I love this when somebody has the answer that you're looking for and leaves you a message saying, "Why aren't you picking up the phone? I'm coming to where you are. Just tell him. <laughs> Do you know how much trouble you'd have saved if you just if you Johnny Galecki just tell him?
0: There's a lot of those leaps in logic. Mm-hmm. There really are. They, they just just steamroll right over. You know, what, sometimes along.
1: sometimes in a horror movie that can be fun. You know, I mean, sometimes there is sometimes. there's ironic enjoyment in bad horror movies. This is not one of those. This is not
0: right. So, uh, what well, we still love that first one, and we st- I still love the original creepy video. Yep. The new video in this one is okay. It's not nearly as good. No, not not new. nearly as creepy. But uh, so, not a recommendation no. for Rings. No. And we move on to more angsty young people. This is strangely not an adaptation of a young adult novel, although boy, it seems like it should be, and it's The Space Between Us.
1: My name is Gardner Elliott. I was born on Mars, but I finally found a reason to go to Earth. I could just see her, you know? His heart can't handle it. Our gravity,
0: it's too risky. It's
1: worth it. You don't realize how far away you are until there's someone you want to be near. It's also... Where are we going? You wanted to see the world. What's your favorite thing about Earth? You are Gardner.
0: And this raises the question, in space, can they hear you yawn?
1: <laughs> Ace of Butterfield yeah. stars, right? Yeah. And I, I always wanted Hugo. to do well. Hugo. Loved Hugo. Yes, but he's made a lot of bad films since then. Ender's Game, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, which I thought was really disappointing. Yeah. And now this. Mm. Um, And so he is the first child born on Mars, though it's an accident. Um, and, uh, and so he's lonesome up there, George. I bet but he's angsty too. He's a bit angsty. Mm-hmm. He is. He's a bit angsty, but you know, who knows what happens when you're born on Mars with that crazy gravity. Maybe your bone density's off. Maybe your heart's too big. Maybe you have the biggest, bluest, <laughs> whitest, most innocent eyes, which you can actually use to, to your advantage in a film like this. Nonetheless, I bet there's going to be dramatic tension.
0: You know what this sounds like? We, we we might as well just start telling people to get off our lawn. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> They're just, we don't want to see these young people, these young whippersnappers, but that's really not it because when movies with young people are done well, and they can be oh, done they can well, be. but they don't have to cater to the worst instincts of the audience, wallowing in the drama, yeah. or and and movies like this just. It's, they're so superficial. And yeah. I think they condescend to their audience a lot of the time.
1: I, I, I agree and um, uh, this is one of those where you just it just it saddens me so much that the whole point of basically every romantic film aimed at adolescence is, I'm special, and somebody is going to recognize that. Right. And it just makes me sad. There's got to be some other thought in the head of your intended audience exactly. besides, I don't want to tell you I'm special, but you need to make me realize I'm special. Come on! Um, you know, and and uh, so Asa Butterfield from Mars uh, video chats with uh, a high school girl named Tulsa who's played by Britt Robertson, speaking of a dog's purpose, mm-hmm. um, and you know she's also angsty and she's bitter cuz she's a foster kid and uh, and then he uh he ghosts her
0: oh ghosting because
1: he has to have a bunch of surgeries and then he has to travel from mars to earth and uh and you know i mean there are moments there are charming moments ace butterfield really he he does a nice job of being that fish out of water i'm excited to be on earth nobody understands why i'm so weird mm-hmm. he does that fairly well but but the The two leads have zero chemistry. Mm. And so none of the romance feels authentic at all, yeah. which means that none of the drama feels relevant, which means that the payoff feels unearned. Uh, it's it's you know it's a it's a weeper that doesn't make you weep. it's uh, it's just flat.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and it, again, it's it's it was really a surprise to me because this has all the earmarks of one of those y a novels.
1: But in fact, it was written directly for the screen by Alan Loeb. Do you know who that is, George? I don't. He wrote that god awful train wreck, Collateral Beauty. <laughs> so he's he's quickly becoming one of the uh, uh, writers whose screen adaptations I don't care to see.
0: <laughs> so that's two strikes so far this week: Rings and The Space Between Us. We'll try for Robert De Niro, his latest as a down on his luck, somewhat comic. Called The comedian. Here he is, my famous brother Jackie Burke.
1: How are the kids? Kid. We have one kid. Got a possible gig. What do I have to do? A children's birthday party? Do you want a job or you want to be an ass? Do
0: I have to choose?
1: <laughs> my dad used to love your TV show. We've watched every episode. Always nice to meet a fan. Well, we just had the one TV. Ooh adorable when celebrities bring their hookers to the club jackie burke's in the crowd you're viral again over three million views in eight hours and it is still climbing you are on kimmel you're on fallon
0: ladies and gentlemen jackie burke de niro is jackie burke down on his luck only because he hasn't been getting the gigs uh lately that he that he thinks he is worth he had a Big score back in the day. He was the star of a sitcom that hit big for a few years. He's got a catchphrase, Arlene, that everybody wants him to say all the time. Well, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, That's the thing. (laughs) He's, He's a comedian, and everywhere he goes, he's cajoled into getting up and getting on the mic and saying a few things, and it's not that funny, but yet everybody tells him it is. Uh, and then he's an older comic that we talked about going viral earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He goes viral because a heckler gets a little aggressive, and he ends up punching him in the face. And, of course, everybody videos it, so it winds up online. And next thing you know, he's oh, he's hot again because he's, he's viral. But he has to s- spend 30 days in jail and then do some community service. And during his community service, he meets up with Harmony, played by Leslie Mann, who's really good. Actually, the whole cast is good in this movie. That's really the best reason to see it. And then after that, it's just a series of situations in search of a greater need for those situations. Uh, They go to a comedy club. They go out to dinner. And then he needs a date for his niece's wedding. So she comes along to that. And we meet his brother, Danny DeVito, and and his brother's wife, Patty LaPone. You know, people that you... And and then um, Leslie Mann's father, Harvey Keitel. People, Mm. oh, okay, I want to see these people. I like these people. They're all good. You have a score of cameos from big comics you know Cloris Leachman is a very funny cameo you got Billy Crystal strolling through Jimmy J.J. Walker, Charles Grodin, these people so it's full of that you know comic lifestyle and it's got some comics that helped write it, comics that that were quote comedy consultants so you just keep feeling why isn't, isn't it funnier?
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: directed by Taylor Hackford who you know it's been a while since he's had something at least a hit um, and he does uh, his the best thing he does about this movie is he keeps the actors engaged enough to deliver solid performances. Uh, other than that, uh, th- again, there's no real cohesion in the situations and they just kind of go from from bad to worse. He ends up at this old folks home and he does a parody song to make and Whoopie called "Making poopy. And it goes oh, viral. Sad. You're like, Oh, really? Is that where we are? And, um, yeah, it was very disappointing. I, I wouldn't call it. I really don't think they were going, setting out to make a straight comedy. It's sure. more of a character study. Sure. But when your character is a legendary comic, you know, you need him to be funnier than this, especially when he's on stage doing his act mm-hmm. and everybody tells him how funny it is. Uh, there is a moment. There's a line in the, in the movie where one of the comics says, you know, it's, it's not enough to be funny anymore. Okay. Now, that's an opening that you could have explored. Sure. But they just kind of leave it there and are, and are you know, um, they're fine with going on to the next situation. Right. And we'll just keep it moving. So it's really a case where, like I said, everybody's, everybody's good, especially Leslie Mann. She, she She's really, always good. She is. I mean, everybody is good, but she was really impressive in this movie. And uh, it just kind of, there it is. And that's what we're doing. And we're following this comic, but nothing really to hold it together. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was rather disappointing. It's so the really coolest thing about Taylor Hackford. He's married to
1: Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. So right there, he's got. I mean, what else do you need in life? He can make bad movies. <laughs> That's it's like, right. ah, I'm married to Helen Mirren. How cool am I?
0: That's right. So not, not a lot to recommend at the big screen multiplex this week. But there are some movies getting limited release if they're in your area. Some are worth checking out. And the first one is uh, by Almodovar, who we're big fans of, called Julieta, that we really found a little curious
1: yeah, you know it's an interesting thing, and we can keep this brief. But so it's it's based on three short stories by Alice Munro, who's a, a Pulitzer Prize brilliant Canadian writer, and uh, Almodovar stitches the three together to create kind of a character study. Uh, unfortunately, weirdly, the direction itself openly. Um, pays tribute to Hitchcock very much stranger on a train for example Mm -hmm. but and and the score and the the framing and the pacing it all screams Hitchcock so you're expecting a thriller and you're expecting a mystery the truth be told it's none of those things not at all and so it's it's a head scratcher you spend the whole time sort of being led to believe something's going to happen and it winds up just feeling like a daytime soap opera
0: yeah it does uh it, it almost it takes those left turns where okay it's homaging those novellas yeah uh, and it's gone off into another direction here and it does it just doesn't feel together and in in many ways some of the some of the plot points take just sudden oh well, why why did that just happen and uh, it, it didn't hang together for me either which is I, I was wondering as I was watching it if if we were feeling the same about right. it because I know a lot of people have liked it mm-hmm. uh I've seen a lot of people and talked to a lot of people that did, did enjoy it and because uh, we're fans of the director but uh, this one yeah, I think Just we both feel the same. That doesn't really a little bit work. of a mishmash, didn't really work. But another director that we like a lot, that you may not be familiar with at least his name, Asghar Farhadi, is an Iranian filmmaker and he won an Oscar a few years ago for a great film called A Separation. So good. So good. He's up for an Oscar again this year, although he will not be coming to the ceremony due to the recent uh, US immigration directives he said even if they were to work something out uh, he's he's not coming and that's unfortunate because the new movie is called the salesman and it's very very good not not right up there with the separation but it is good it is and it's uh, he wrote it and directed it and it's a story of an italian i'm um, not italian an iranian couple uh and he, he, they are starring in a local community theater presentation of death of a salesman mm-hmm. and i've heard or read in interviews that ferrari says that's very common in iran that 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 play is mm-hmm. very well known and done often so they're they're starring in that play and at the same time they have to rent a new apartment and they rent a new apartment from one of the co-stars in their play and then an incident involving the previous tenant of their apartment is troublesome and traumatic and it kind of sort of drives a wedge of guilt and anger between the husband and the wife. And at the same time, he constructs a nice parallel between the themes of the play, Death of a Salesman, and where this movie is leading to. And I thought it was well done.
1: I agree. Uh, one of the things that he has done really brilliantly in all of his films, uh, particularly uh, Separation and, and Past, is yeah, examine, the past. Um, e- examine a marital relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and what happens when... Y- y- you are not verbally communicating certain things. And, and I think that it's a, it's a cultural um, kind of landscape that he, that he covers where sort of the male female dynamic is a little bit different than it would be in the States. And yeah, um, but, but it's, they're so subtly drawn and the performances are so absolutely wonderful, just brilliant. And the, and the films are so just languidly paced, yes. but they need to be, he doesn't rush anything, but they're
0: very deliberately very. paced as well. And the dialogue is so good. He, he has a he's a master of setting up this this tension yeah. mainly dri- dialogue driven yeah. and he was a playwright he mm-hmm. started and you can really see that yeah. he's he really does it mainly with dialogue and he he, he has those favorite themes of gender yeah. and class yeah. and in this one also generational yeah. changes in generations uh come into play especially at the end of this movie so uh we both liked it a lot and if it's in your area I would recommend it especially with it being nominated for an Oscar here and I wouldn't be shocked if he uh if he gets another Another piece of hardware, although, unfortunately, he won't be there to accept it if he does. And that is The Salesman. And another one, boy, a director who's on a nice hot streak. His name is Pablo Lorraine. We just talked about him a few weeks ago here on the podcast because he currently is the director of Jackie, which we both like very much. Mm -hmm. Well, now he's got another biography called Neruda.
1: This is, uh, it's about, so he's a Chilean director, and this is about Chile's most favorite, fam- famous poet, Pablo Neruda, who also happens to be their most famous communist. And the film is set a couple of years after World War II, and tides are changing politically in Chile, and uh, the government wants Neruda silenced, and it drives him underground. And, um, and And it's a fascinating portrayal of this poet, who I think most of us in the States would only know from his poetry, which is really quite stunning and beautiful, um, but the film itself he's what you would call like a, a champagne communist. He definitely lives the life <laughs> of the bourgeois uh, and at the same time he he articulates the struggle of you know his comrades in this in this really uh, very globally relevant way. Um, but the film suggests that this driving him underground didn't have the grandeur he felt he deserved. So in the film he it's hard to tell exactly whether this inspector exists or whether it's, he's a figment of Neruda's imagination, but either way, the he's played by Gael Garcia Bernal, who's always wonderful. And um, the scene, he totally steals this film because his character is such a bumbling doofus, but he definitely, <laughs> he definitely thinks he is not. He thinks he's the master of each situation, and he narrates his own scenes via voiceover in a way that, uh, calls to mind sort of hard-boiled detective noir. And it's um, it's a really unusual uh, take, although he took such an unusual take with Jackie yeah, as well. Yeah. And it's fascinating. I cannot say it always works, but I think uh, it's a great attempt because it's this literary figure that he's covering, and so he takes this sort of experimental, literary approach, but at the same time, it's not so lofty that it isn't enjoyable. So instead of making it sort of poetry in motion, it's this Weird, pulpy detective novel that you're, and it's also often really stunningly filmed.
0: Interesting. So, definitely better choices in limited release uh, this week, if any of those are in your area. And on DVD and Blu ray streaming this week, kind of a mixed bag. The first one is Masterminds, and um, boy, it was here and gone at the theater. It's a comedy, <laughs> it's about, it's based on a, incredibly speaking of bumbling, real life event of a robbery of an armored car. And it's it's Zach Galifianakis and Kristen Wiig and Owen Wilson and Kate McKinnon, and it's so crazy and weird. I remember when I wrote my review when it came out. I said this is going to bomb, and it did. But it's going to become a cult classic. Now we have yet to see that, but it's, it's too sti- soon. It still may because it has. You just have these long stretches of what? No laughs, and then some uproarious gag, and then back
1: to no laughs. Well, and it's directed by Jared Hess, who did Napoleon Dynamite, right. among other films. I mean, he's never certainly yeah. had anything close, but it, it, there's that sort of awkwardness to it. Oh, that, yeah. Again, he mastered with Napoleon Dynamite, but you can kind of feel that theme throughout.
0: So as long as you know what you're in for, it, it, it might be worth checking out. Uh, and the next one is Queen of Katwe, which is another true story yes. based on a young chess prodigy. And we liked it, but we really liked the performance of the chess prodigy's mother, Lupita Luongo.
1: Who's always wonderful. She's so great. You may remember she won the Oscar for 12 Years a Slave. And she is she is outstanding in this film. Some of the other It's a nice story. It is. Some of the other supporting players I thought were a little weak, kind of surprisingly weak. But mm-hmm. it is a really good story. Yeah,
0: it is nice. And the other one, very controversial controversial and challenging film. Oscar nominated for the lead, Isabel Huppert, who plays L. And this one another one you should go in with your eyes wide open because it can be uncomfortable. Her character is a rape survivor who makes some very interesting and shocking choices in going after to find the identity of the perpetrator.
1: Yeah, it's um it is an aggravating film. Uh it, it really is and part of the reason is that is that L uh is hard to like. But as her backstory is slowly revealed, you you, you can't know her. That's really the point. Yeah. You you can't know what she will do because you can't possibly relate with this backstory. But Huppert is breathtaking. Yeah, she's, she's so brilliant. She drives
0: the movie and we were just talking about this a little bit earlier this evening. It's one of those movies where you come out of it and at first you don't think you like it. And then the more you think about it, it, it somehow works. It gets to you. But, it does. But it's one again. Go in with your eyes wide open because there are some controversial choices here. Uh, and some shocking choices with the character, and that's L. Next week, we look forward to Batman Lego Movie. We love the Lego Movie so much; everything is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and now, <laughs> and you'll be singing that. Now you're welcome.
1: And then a couple of a couple of other movies that a lot of people are excited about, not necessarily us. I
0: know. I am really shocked and surprised how many people cannot wait to see John Wick Chapter Two. I thought John Wick was such a
1: eh. Everything but, except the hotel part. I
0: love the hotel part. That could have its own movie. Yeah. I would be down with that. But I didn't think John Wick was such a much.
1: But we'll go We'll go into it with an open mind.
0: We will. We will, because everybody's excited about it. And then there's Fifty Shades Darker. Yeah,
1: I don't know if I can open my mind to it, but I will try.
0: Although I will say, I still say, Dakota Johnson has something. Yes,
1: she does. She has. The, Agreed.
0: Jamie Dornan does not. No. Uh, at least that I have seen. No. So um, we shall see. And that's coming next week. And if you want to keep the conversation going about any of these movies, please do. Love to get that feedback. Easiest way is on Twitter. We're at Mad Wolf, M A D D W O L F. Uh, Mad Wolf Columbus is our Facebook page. And you can. Get all our written reviews and other shenanigans on the website, and that is madwolf.com. So the Screening Room Podcast is a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group and madwolf.com. And until next time, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Mad. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for
1: dinner.